upon introduction to interdimensional society, you know, there'll be all this doubt, right? You, you'll hear the news. The world leaders have an announcement, and it's that, uh, you know, folks, you know, uh, we our world, the Earth, is actually one of many worlds in this interdimensional grouping of worlds, this interdimensional society. And on most other worlds, the inhabitants of those worlds know about this set of worlds, all the other worlds that are around. And it's just this one up until now, uh, for various circumstances, has, has been denied that information. But now we're telling you we're writing that wrong, right? How could they possibly convince everyone at this point, right? Just how do you even, if this was to happen, this is just a thought experiment, right? If this was to happen, how would they convince people? Like they could start probably introducing people from the other world, some of whom would look very alien perhaps. Some of them would be completely human, but others would be, you know, humanoid, intelligent, sentient races that would be very different. Now, we've, of course, been introduced to this whole concept uh, through the dual <coughs> landscapes of uh, fantasy and science fiction, right? In fantasy worlds, there are tons of different humanoid beings that are, you know, not human, but they're similar to human. They have, you know, they're sort of generally humanoid in shape. Sometimes they have wings or horns or whatever. But there's fairies and elves and dwarves and giants and centaurs, yada, yada, right? And then in science fiction, all the different alien races, you know, that are also not human, but kind of in the same vein, you know, slightly different skin tone, maybe six arms, uh, you know, instead of two arms, you know, things like that. So we've been introduced to these concepts, but what if it was really put in front of us as, as a reality, right? At this point, now, if they did that back a number of decades ago, before we had this capacity to, for these computer graphics to create anything, um, I think people would be more convinced by footage or by pictures. But at this point, how would how would people be convinced of it, right? I, I, I don't. It's just like because I I do think about this as as a uh, you know one of one of the potential world events. Uh, you know the the dis- disclosure. You know I think most people when they think about disclosure, they're thinking like, yes, the U.S. government uh, had contact with the alien races and their flying saucers coming. From, from a distant stars, you know. But I think if people, excuse me, this cigar is having major problems. I have to sort of, <laughs> I'm doing like minor surgery on my cigar here. It's a very uneven burn. All right, let me, let me try this going with this cigar again. Sorry. I'm talking about a very p- important topic here, and I have a cigar problem. Um, anyway. Uh, right. How would they prove it to people, Right. As it almost seems like we've been sort of prepared to reject this information, right, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, see, I don't know. So showing footage on TV would be one thing. And then, you know, actual – these actual aliens, uh, these other types of intelligent beings – you know, they would then perhaps be available all over the place to go see in person. And you could sort of judge for yourself, would it be possible for someone to be wearing a costume like that? Or could it be like a robot, a robotic figure? Or could it actually be real? And I think that, you know, and then also people 
I, I would have to assume they would let us go to at least one another some of these other worlds, right? That you could go there yourself and see, right? They'll be like, "Come on, we'll, we'll take you to another world, and you can bring your phone and film to your heart's delight, show the footage back home." Um, what would we think if we didn't personally go there, but we're seeing other people go there? Would we think it's all sort of a big setup? Would you know conspiracy theories would would be going crazy? Right, we think these people—it's all computer generated, but especially with the computer graphics we've been having in recent history, and then kind of the assumption would be in more conspiratorial circles that you know the uh, the uh, intelligence community or whatever the behind-the-scenes super powerful agencies would have technologies to create computer graphics that would be ten, fifteen, twenty years ahead of where we are now publicly. Right. So then it'd be sort of like you know. Maybe people you know would go go there and say, "No, I was really there," you know, <laughs> and uh, and I'll show you these pictures, and it's real. It's all real. We're, this is a real thing. They had been hiding us f- from us for so long, and I'm assuming that there'll be some explanation as to why they'd been withholding the information all this time. Um, but you know, there's other aspects of this that would be difficult. For example, it's assumed that. The what we have here is a tiny subset of the technologies and the techniques and the know-how they have in the general interdimensional society. That is right. So it's all these worlds that are able to that are interconnected, right? So assuming the tech level, right, is vastly superior to ours. So, for example, uh, health-wise, right, all of the people that have suffered and died of all these various conditions and diseases. They would have had the, the cures for everything all along. Since, since before we even knew what cancer was, they had the cure for cancer, but they didn't give it to us. They'd have to explain that as well, right? And so many other things like that. All the wars and all the injustices that have gone on in this place, right, it could, right, uh, they could have prevented it all. But why didn't they? I mean, I, I think that narrative would have to relate to the reason why they're telling us now, right? Why would they tell us now? There would, there would, they'd have to come with some sort of big explanation, right? But also, I think that a lot of people would, faced with this, would see it as, as not as proof that there's an interdimensional society, but that we are living in a, com- in a computer simulation and would begin to disbelieve things all the more and then would seek ways to sort of unplug and see who and what they really are outside of the simulation. Perhaps it's not a simulation, but everyone's sort of been prepared to sort of think that way, right? So the people actually going to the other worlds are like, yeah, well, the whole thing is a computer simulation. What do you want? But what could the explanation be as to there must have been a big change in some way? Um, I would suspect my, I mean, my guess for that would be something to the extent that there was a situation that was in place that had changed and that there, those outside here in the other worlds wanted to help us, wanted to tell us, but they were blocked by some something, some force, some, uh, some agreement, some contract, um, something. But they, they've been wanting to, but they've been prevented from, right? But, of course, it would really – the whole thing would be really 
upsetting for everyone. I mean, totally blowing apart our, our view of our the cosmos as we understand it. I mean, uh, I think very quickly people would start asking, well, well, how do these how do these other worlds exist? What are these portals going, traveling? You know, are they like wormholes, and we're going to other planets and and I think when they sort of reveal that no, these aren't wormholes going to other planets. These these are parallel worlds. They're right next to this world. They're literally inches away in higher dimensional directions. So there, so people would be like, well, wait a minute. Like, uh, so you're saying what? There's like all these Earths orbiting the sun, but they're all these Earths are kind of overlapping each other, sort of like you know a set of spheres overlapping in the fourth dimension. And then I think, you know, that seems like a kind of an iffy construct that there's all these copy, there's all these planet Earths like sort of overlapping each other, but also orbiting the sun. I, I suspect that one aspect of the explanation would be that no, well, it's not like that, you know. There's these worlds, but they're not, you know, the whole concept of outer space of planets and solar systems that was all just made up for your benefit you know over the years it's not like that there's other worlds but they're but they're, they're part of this huge multi-dimensional construct that you're a part of right which i think would be the loss of space would be a huge blow for us on this planet because for us outer space and space travel is such a cornerstone of our existence right it's been hammered into our heads, and it's a beautiful vision of these interstellar spaces and things. Um, but, of course, they'd have to go into the history and how this all got started and how we got in this situation, how we got stuck here and were deprived of the information, and that would also start to encroach on another aspect of cosmology, religion. And, right, it would sort of have to be shown that what people think of as religions currently are remnants of information from this exact situation, but in past times, right? Right, that, uh, so all the religions will also be shown to be not completely untrue, but they people will have to look at them in a totally different context, right? So I don't know how people will how would how what it, it's a, would be amazing? Now, what I'm wondering is what I'm describing here. This sort of scenario, consider it science fiction, because I mean, I, it's this is one of my working theories as to what might really be going on in the world. But of course, I have no way of knowing if there's any truth to it. Um, so, I guess my question is, and I haven't really researched this that extensively, but I'm not aware of any sort of science fiction, be it a, a, a book or a, a movie or a comic book or a TV show. That kind of touches on this topic. I know there's lots of different dimensions. There's other worlds, but this whole idea of like of, of like uh, trying to transition our world from where we're at now to integrating us, uh, informing us of the other worlds, and then integrating us into them. Right? Has there really has there been any have there been any stories like that? I don't know. Uh and it sort of relates to another one of my ideas. I guess you could consider this all just a big science fiction frivol, an idea for a sci-fi story, right? 
we have so many where there's contact with space aliens, but they came here on spaceships, and they're more visitors, right, as opposed to being part of the entire system by which we came to be here and be in this situation, right? They're not the idea that these aliens came from a distant planet in a flying saucer and they're visiting us and they're observing us. That's one thing. But if they are the ones that caused us to be here and caused us to be in this crappy situation, right, that's a totally different thing. And that there may have been things like that. There may have been stories like that where, you know, aliens, uh, you know, I think the common thought is that space aliens came to Earth and genetically modified the creatures that had already evolved here, right, and sort of oversaw the, the um, advancement of the human race. But they were just sort of uh, meddlers or they had been um, kind of experimenting, right, in, in that way. But I, the story, I, I forget what I, I don't think I had a name for it, but the story that I kind of came up with within the past couple years would have been uh, kind of along the same lines, but with the scenario that the exact... Uh, circumstance that I'm describing the int- the uh, the day of revelation or the day of disclosure was dis- was originally meant to be in like that late 1960s right say it would be like 1970 would be the year that um, they would uh, do these announcements and that all of the what we sort of uh, you know the the uh, cultural phenomenon of the, of the hippies and the and the counterculture, right, all around the world, was in a way meant to prepare people for uh, this information. So, like, if you might imagine the young people who were, you know, uh, in, in that more hippie direction back then in the late 1960s, right, would have been perhaps more uh, open to such an idea, right? So the idea was that they had sort of manipulated society through the media to create this new subculture known as the hippies and uh it was it was it was just meant as a lead-in uh, for this event that was meant to take place in, in 1970 and uh but then something happened and it was it was canceled or delayed so in this story um so this would be like a, like a TV series. So this is definitely like a frivol, um, right? Uh, a, a bunch of characters, they stumble upon this sort of uh, corridor inside this weird abandoned building, and it leads through to this massive space that uh, is decorated with that kind of uh, 60s psychedelic kind of hippie style. And it was meant to be sort of like the welcoming portals for the people of Earth to start entering the interdimensional society. But it would be like just completely abandoned, right? So just imagine these cool scenes of people like discovering these huge reception areas where people would have been um, welcomed, right, as the first step into entering the interdimensional society. And then them sort of investigating the whole thing finding out what had happened and why was the announcement delayed, right? 
And I know any topic like this, it's it always seems any stories about this kind of contact, they seem friendly on the surface, but their true intentions are sinister, you know. Um, so I guess the question is, right, we, I mean, even back then, I mean, we had been, uh, the media was always about any alien was just abducting you, trying to take over the earth. Like, they're all evil, right? All the aliens were just completely evil. Uh, and uh, and I think that, right, if you go back to 1970 in our world, right, I imagine that it at that point it would have been much easier. So I think that those few years of sort of converting the young adults, you know, the teenagers and, and young adults of the world into this, this new – not obviously not all of them, but a good portion of them and in the media, right, uh, to be more receptive to the idea. And I don't know, by, back then, if there had been as much of this, uh, you know, the fiction about such things, you know, Little Green Men from Mars, the Mars Attacks trading card series, all this other stuff um, – if there had been quite as much of a sort of a cultural programming towards assuming that uh, the other beings from the other world, you know, right? Well, I'm trying to remember. There's so many of them. Like, remember the TV series V where they the visitors from another planet came and they claimed to be good, but they really were evil, right? And there's been so many other ones like that. So in this story... This is all fiction, okay? It's all fiction. Well, it is all... I, this is just fiction from my perspective, but... Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, the, the reality of it. But anyway, the... Uh, so the story would have to be sort of about why it was canceled and then why uh, it almost seems like people were encouraged to think of aliens and any visitors from another world as being evil and they're going to pretend to be friendly in the beginning, and, 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 but then they're really evil. They want to destroy – they, they want to do bad things, you know, that then they, in this story they'd be investigating sort of like what happened and all the movies about aliens and, you know, I guess they – you know, what would the conclusion be? I mean, what would have caused – there to be a plan to reveal it all and then it be shut down I guess you'd have to sort of would relate to various for, uh, factions alien political parties kind of with different views on this matter uh, maybe one rising to power you know so maybe an opposing political faction rising to power and canceling the whole uh, disclosure thing in 1970 and then starting to poison the well by creating media that uh, if it ever did happen again that people would be far less prepared and that would then make it harder to go forward with it again right the idea that society has come to a point where now where um especially with all of the computer graphics and now especially with all the AI stuff. I'm going to get to some AI stuff later. Um, it's going to make the whole thing much harder to take and a much harder transition. Now, when I talk about the reality of it, obviously, uh, you know, I would say uh, my research on the matter is really all strictly from 
you know, stuff on the internet, but especially a- ancient writings, ancient texts that really talk about this exact thing. Another race of beings that aren't visitors, but they're actually caused our situation to, to be created our situation in the first place. Usually it's the, uh, the ancient gods, you know, who are um, all of them are individual beings. There's a bunch of them. They're humanoid, but they're bigger and more powerful than humans. Uh, at some point, creating humans and creating this space for us to live. That's not their space. And they're, they're living somewhere else, the land of the gods, right? Olympus or heaven or wherever, right? So there's all this kind of information out there. And I know most people think that. It's the people that tend to be more materialist in their, in their outlook would say, listen, the ancient people, they looked up at the sky. Why, why are there stars in the sky? The star god created all the stars. Why are there worms in the earth? The worm god created all the worms. Like, it's, it, like just to explain things, oh, there's a person that made all that stuff, you know. And I know a lot of people really, that's, they look at the, all the information from the past as being just completely useless and unreliable. All the stories are just people making stuff up, <laughs> okay. And I, I agree. As far as we know, we, yes, that is one of the possible explanations. But there's a rich tapestry of information from the distant past, the human distant past, that we have access to now. And all these different societies at all these different times that all sort of tell a very similar story, always involving these other humanoid beings that were involved in our, in our situation here up until a certain point. And then, well, someone might say, well, if there's gods, where are they today? <laughs> you know, um, Good question. Yeah, and this, I mean, this could all just be called pure speculation, except for the uh, the whole, you know, UFO phenomenon, which um, I think it was last year in early 2021, the U.S. government came out and showed videos of flying saucers that they can't explain. And uh, everyone ignored it. You remember on 60 Minutes, there was a there was this uh, massive like uh, story interviewing military pilots and members of the military showing actual footage of the UFOs flying. And they're all just saying, yes, this is a true phenomenon. We've seen these things. We've taken videos of them. The way that these vehicles are flying around, are, there's no technology on Earth that we know of that could create tech there's no technology like this that we know of there was speculation maybe it was the chinese or the russians but the bottom line is this was actually revealed in the mainstream and no one like there was no reaction to it remember this none and i understand people might say well you know because i think that remember that remember those guys that interviewed me about the andy kaufman thing a few years ago they made a movie i should really watch that movie i think it's called mirage men about how all of the UFO and all of the space alien stuff was a big conspiracy theory just to start with. You know, there, there was no reality to any of it, but it was created to sort of make people think there might be aliens out there, and I'm sure there's other explanations for that. Like, I didn't watch the movie, but if I did, I, I'm sure I'd have a better perspective on what they're trying to say. Why would they come up with these, why would they come up with these concepts? 
Now, I understand that, uh, oh, well, it's a military video showing UFOs. They could just be making it all up for some reason. Well, it's not just the military that sees UFOs. There's so many sightings all around the world every day of, of, of flying vehicles that right, could not possibly be any known human technology. It's not just military people seeing them. It's regular people seeing them all over the world, right? And I know half the videos on YouTube of this stuff are more. They're just obviously computer graphics that someone threw together. But So there's always that, there's always that uh, point where you can be like, listen, it's all fake. There are no UFOs. The people, it's like swamp gas. It's weather balloons. And all the videos you see are just computer generated. And, you know, like. But the reality is our military went on 60 Minutes and showed footage and said, yes, this is a true phenomenon, but we don't know what it is. So I think that's a, that's a big piece of the puzzle right there that, uh, you know, there's something going on and uh, it's, it, that means it's not all pure speculation, right? There's, that's a piece of information. Again, it's not proof of anything, but it's, you, you know, you take it, you know, as far, you know, You know, obviously, it may all be made up. The all it may just all be doctored footage, whatever. But it begs the question, right? That I mentioned earlier. We, we're seeing what appear to be pieces of technology, vehicles that fly around, right? And that we can assume, right? Are in they're uh, piloted by and part of another group of intelligent beings that obviously have access to higher technology than us and they're obviously coming here for some reason observing us and seeing all of the terrible things that are going on in this world that they clearly have the technology to help fix right they would clearly have uh, the means to uh, have prevented all sorts of disasters, wars, famines, diseases, etc. But they didn't. They didn't intervene. And I know we had a TV show called Star Trek a few years ago. And the prime directive, we will not intervene in the, in the affairs of primitive planets. So you're seeing all these people dying and suffering in such a variety of ways. Oh, we can't help them because of uh, the prime directive. Well, why can't you help them? You see these these hapless idiots on this planet killing each other and dying of all these diseases, all this other stuff. Why not help them? What the hell? But that's where this story I'm talking about would take it. You know, I think people are are expecting um, sort of disclosure to be in the form of one alien at the podium with the president of the United States and. Hello, I am from space, and yes, we have been watching you, but our laws forbid us from in- intervening in your affairs, you know, something like that. But this alternate explanation, which is that it's not like that at all, right, that, uh, you know, what would be the, you know, one of my working theories is just that uh, human beings were created as sort of a an experiment that was not meant to go on this long, but that it was found that uh, either watching humans or being a human, the quality of a human life and human experience was 
just vastly different than anything else that was available out there, right? The experience of being in this society, living in this society, living in this way is so unique and so different that it was um, allowed to continue without allowing us to know what was really going on because it's that very lack of information that makes this place unique, that makes this place what it is. And you could think of it as a massive art project, right? That intelligent beings in this, born into this situation that they don't understand, living these lives in this bizarre society where, right, as the heights of the um, <coughs> ideals and technologies and infrastructures and um, ambitions, right, and the lows of how, uh, how individual people are treated in this world. People are treated terribly and told that they have to pay to live. And um, it's, it's, this, it's a sick society in so many ways. But perhaps if you saw the big picture, you could say it's all justified because of the artistic intent behind it. Right. And, uh, and I do think that um, one other factor that is real, the artificial intelligence or AI, as we've been uh, experiencing, uh, you know, I, I think that the problem with AI is that it's a, it's a set of techniques and technologies all sort of under the banner of AI. Um, But we've been starting to see things like the, uh, the AI image generation programs, like the one I was using, MidJourney, which I'm going to talk about, uh, how it's sort of advanced in just a few months and how we can expect what MidJourney can do with images they'll be able to do with videos and virtual worlds and games and all sorts of things. That, And that's just a minor aspect of AI, the idea of a... Of a, of a artificial general intelligence or what, what people call a, the um, singularity where machines learn how to learn as I, as I talk about I think I talked about it last time as well that it will completely transform this world if this technology moves forward and I and I do think that uh, the emergence of a particular class of artificial intelligence could trigger disclosure and that is sort of like that's what I've been thinking about lately that for whatever reason this situation has been sort of you know sorry word <laughs> the word I want to use is festering but I don't know if that's the right word but that uh, you know how long can they go before telling us about this this whole thing if it is that our lifestyle is so unique here, that's the reasoning for not telling us and allowing things to continue as they have been, that um, only through either suppressing AI technology or if you really can't suppress it, like the idea is you want this, this scenario to play out naturally, organically, uh, and that to prevent various technologies would impact the, the validity of, of the space, that once 
something like uh, full-blown AI emerges, it would change the situation and it would um, it would trigger the need to uh, enact a disclosure, right? Rather than, um, or I suppose, why not just allow, I mean, you would sort of, how this world could be transformed with AI, as I've talked about extensively on this show, is so extreme that it could very well um, ruin the uh, unique balance we have here and uh, and make you know the continuance of this place no longer um, worthwhile. But yeah, the whole UFO thing that that finally they came out with it and it and it was met with just complete silence and I don't know what do you want people to say right I mean it's I've talked I talked about it I think it's pretty amazing but our officials are saying well yes we don't know what it is but you know <laughs> you know it's just like it makes it easy to shrug off right it's e- easy to ignore Another way of looking at it is that, uh, right, the additional, the a- adding alternate timelines to the to the equation, which is a different kind of alternate world, that um, you might say that by today, towards the end of 2022, by the way, today is uh, the day of the winter solstice. Winter starts in a few hours. Uh, it's December 21st, 2022. That, um, that by now, probably most of the available timelines have already experienced this disclosure and the introduction into interdimensional society. And maybe here in this timeline is one of the few left that it hasn't happened yet, right? But that you might imagine that as this system is set up, eventually all of the timelines will, will, will have to reach that point. So this may just be a timeline where it's been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, but they could come to a point, there could be a certain point in time where every timeline will just, you know, experience it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't planning on talking about this topic, but I had, I, I had nothing because this is a holiday week and this weekend there's, I have so many different events to go to and things to do. I just want to get the show done early. I get it done Wednesday and not have to, wor- not have to worry about because this is kind of the last day I have this week to, to work on a show. Um, I, I had nothing to talk about, so I looked through my notes, and I guess from a few weeks ago, I, I saw that phrase, you know, upon introduction to interdimensional society, the doubts that would exist. So I'm like, I think I can, I can start with that. <laughs> yeah. So what, it, what is the conclusion of this topic? Well, first of all, I think it's an interesting... Uh, you know, science fiction story that I don't know that I've quite ever seen this angle taken. Um, that the aliens aren't from space; they're from other interconnected worlds. But also that uh, not so much the UFO stories, but the AI thing. Because um, I don't know if you heard the exit ramp uh, a week or two back, but me and uh, Nate from Wisconsin were both talking about how we had been. Uh, I think I talked about this last time as well that we both. We're really into like Mid Journey and the the AI image generators, and that, um, 
after a few months, we just became completely like disgusted by the whole thing. Nate even saying that he, he felt sort of sick to his stomach when he saw the AI images. And I have to say, I have kind of a similar reaction. I don't want to see those images anymore. I don't want to make them. I don't want to have any part of it. And it's surprising to me that I would, uh, that, that that's how I would view it. But it just sort of happened very naturally. That yes, you can make some cool images, but the implications moving forwards of that are very disturbing, right? Because all of the imagery that we've sort of been appreciating over the years in terms of art, narratives, comic books, and paintings, or whatever, there, were, there was a human effort behind every single one. Even the ones that use computer graphics, there's huge amounts of human effort when creating you know, computer graphics. The idea that these uh, images now, and now this is just the beginning, are created without any human involvement other than someone describing what they want to see, that the end result, the work itself, is not the result of human labor, felt like uh, it feels like it's more extreme. That is, our appreciation of life and our appreciation of art is sort of built on a foundation of uh, knowledge of our fellow humans are working hard to create these things. And that's an important part of why it all works and why it all makes sense and the balance of it all. And the idea that AI just feels, it feels very wrong <laughs> at some level. Yes. Great way to start a Wednesday. Great. Great way. Real heavy topics. All right. Ah, come on. Hey, it's a few minutes later now. So I, I did have more time to think on this topic. So I feel that it's not, it, it's basically, right, I, I would have to say that, I mean, while it might be uh, you know, interesting to go live through this sort of disclosure process, it would so completely change. Kitty, are you scratching the chair? Mojo. <laughs> it would so completely change our way of life, right? And I appreciate and I like this way of life that I'm living. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily want it to change, right? It just sort of feels like the world that is not healthy, right? And I'm sure everyone would agree in various ways. Obviously, if you watch the news, it, it seems every, everything is going to hell in a handbasket, as they say. But it almost feels like if there are forces of history that, um, right, resisting uh, the, the, the history of of disclosure happening is, is making the world like kind of sick, right? If it's something that's meant to happen or that is part of the agenda of what should happen in the narrative of this world and to try and hold it back, right? It's, it, it, doesn't, it does not lead to a healthy world because I could completely imagine a 2022, right, where it, the world does feel a bit more healthy, like we're all moving forward together like in a great way and there's hope for the future and right as I do think most of the 20th century there was at least a vision of a bright future right or at least a plan for some kind of a future right and I think we all sort of if you look in the 20th century that there was this narrative of technology as uh, the savior as sort of saving us from 
the, the circumstances that, that had been beset us for so much of time that right the technology could sort of lead to kind of a much better situation for everyone. But whereas the technology has certainly changed our lives, uh, it has sort of come with this package of misery at all different levels. And uh, I guess that's another reason that it sort of feels like, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop because of how the world feels sick. You know, it feels like it's just not right in some ways. Yeah. So that's another reason to think that something may be coming. But it's been feeling like this for a while. You know, I, I, I feel like, uh, right, moving forward in a healthy version of this world would be quite wonderful and quite you know, agreeable, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Can we have, can, can we avoid, you know, again, this is an awful lot of what ifs, but you know, if we could, uh, you know, if we could move forward without the whole disclosure thing, I think that would be the preferable course. But if it's simply, if it's simply unavoidable, ultimately, right. Oh, it just it just feels so weird to think about like what would happen like the day after disclosure. Everyone's sitting around looking at each other like, wait, is this real? Like, you know, there would be that period that people, as I said, would not believe it and would especially like we're especially unprepared at this moment in history for it, I think. Yeah, it's a bit later now. So kind of synchronistically, I heard this song called uh, The Diamond Mine by Higher Elevation from 1967. And um, it's, it really does sort of exemplify that sort of the hippie psychedelic kind of experience. Uh, it's sort of a spoken word piece over an instrumental. And it's interesting because I had originally heard a song called Demons of Negativity that was obviously based on this song, but I didn't know about this song. This stuff is so, is so obscure. Um, I always really liked that song, but this, I guess, is the original. What does it say here? The Diamond Mine is basically the instrumental version of a song by the Monocles called The Spider and the Fly with an overdubbed vocal track by legendary L.A. DJ Dave Diamond. Let's check this out here. See, the Demons of Negativity even starts off with that same uh, wolf sound. Interesting. Slide with me now down that purple shaft into the deep inner depths of the diamond mine, where we will witness the flight of the precious peanut butter fudge angel of love as she spreads her wings and flies high through the thundering silence of your vacuum-kept secret, hiding out in the pulsating fringe of your bubbly fudge mind. Deep. In the sanctuary of the ruby-lipped lizard who stripped through that revolving door of today's changes springs the weightless suspension of those tiny red question marks to pierce your brain and taunt you to observe the wondrous smoke of the fur-lined volcano near the cave of the great blue-winged bat following the flight of the deep, deep-breathing butterfly toward the soothing smell of the six-foot narcissus. Are we in the garden of man-eating dandelions or in the safety of the Tasmanian treehouse? Can it be? Will it be? Yes, it will as you reach out for where it's at, only to find when you're where it's at, it isn't where it's at at all. 
So pop out now with me for a borrowed moment and glimpse through the plate glass menagerie of life, the time thieves, the flight of mediocrity. Will we ever free ourselves of the demons of mediocrity? See, de- oh. demons of mediocrity instead of demons of negativity. Interesting. Of the one-eyed cufflink who joins us on our ball-bearing express to the land of lavender and sky-blue pink, where we pause on the latex trampoline of tomorrow's promise and grieve on yesterday's sweet sorrow. In the steam heat Pretty wild, huh? The warm teenage tangerine, we must now somersault in slow motion. Down, down the sliding board to a diamond mine eternity. Crying, crying is God alive. And remembering so well that the hand that cradles the rock can certainly roll the world. But right, so like that, that, all that psychedelic stuff, kind of putting people in a state of mind, maybe to be receptive for the thing I was talking about. But anyway, what about the demons of negativity? Can we find this song? It's very obscure. Is this it? I think it's, the group is called Resurrection Demons of Negativity by Resurrection. I know I went down this road uh, on the show. I know I played this stuff, at least the Demons of Negativity on the show at one point, but I don't think there's... See, that's the song, but this is an instrumental version. Hmm. Weird. It's not available? I, I mean, I have it somewhere. I think it's just on one a compilation. Was it on that... Um, Calico Wall compilation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Beyond the Calico Wall. There it is. Okay. Hmm. It's so obscure. It's not online anywhere. I used to love listening to Beyond the Calico Wall. Hmm. Let's see. Hmm. I mean, I think I do still have the actual CD somewhere. We may have to... Well, I'm not going to waste any more time with this, but I'm surprised I can't find it anywhere. Hmm. Maybe a pirate release somewhere, some way, somehow. I mean, I own it, so it's okay, right? Is it okay? I did buy it from a, a record store in New York once. Hmm. Wow, really, uh, yeah, really obscure. Hmm. But I know I played it on the show before, so anyway. It was just synchronistic. I've always been fascinated by that whole psychedelic hippie kind of thing. That was a bit before my time. I actually, well, I mean, I was born in 67, so I maybe picked up some of the vibe as as a little baby, but I wasn't, like, doing much as a baby there in New Jersey. Doing baby stuff, I guess. Oh, but anyway, I didn't tell you how. So I have this playlist on Apple Music that it's where I put all the stuff that I kind of like. I just throw, like if there's an album I like, I just throw one of the songs on this playlist. I've been doing it uh, since 2015, so that's seven years now. And uh, there's 2,526 songs on there. So I figured I would just just... 
I thought maybe go to the middle and start listening in order. It's in reverse chronological order because if I try to, there's so many songs in it, and whenever I click the button to just go from newest to oldest, like it, it craps out and crashes. It doesn't work. So it's in like permanent reverse order. Don't you love the technology of Apple? Aren't they great? So anyway, that, that, that's how that came up. I sort of started listening like 20 songs above there, and then it, eventually I got to this one. I started with Spangle, Remember the Future, very psychedelic, another one. I should listen to some more Spangle. They only have that one really good album, Tales of the Inexpressible, but this wasn't too bad either. All right, I'm going to listen to Spangle now. I'm in a very psychedelic mood. Let's see. Is this their most latest production? 2017. That's not very latest. All right, what have they done since then? That's it. All right. <coughs> they did have a, uh, a single called Carnival of Peculiarities in 2021. Maybe I'll listen to that. Kind of similar to the title of the um, the last major unreleased Beatles song, Carnival of Light. Maybe someday they'll release it. They were, I think they were about to release it like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but George Harrison was like, I don't like it, don't release it. Really, George, we want to hear Carnival of Light. It may suck, but we want to hear it, damn it. We've got to hear all the Beatles songs. All right, how about some psychedelics music? All right. In other related news, as I mentioned last time, the big uh, AI image generator I used was called Midjourney. And uh, I was paying like 30 bucks a month for it or something. Maybe it was, yeah, something like that. And I kind of stopped using it. As, as I mentioned, I got really burnt out on the whole thing. So finally, I just canceled my subscription. And I went on the page. I'm like, let me just download the images I created just so I don't lose them. <laughs> and so they said... There's even though it's artificial intelligence, there's no way to download all the images. On their site they say we suggest you hit save and then hit the right arrow to go to the next image and then hit save again. So I was just doing that, just clicking and clicking and clicking. It seemed rather ironic considering what high tech it is that I had to click. I found out I had a total of one thousand three hundred and fifty nine images. So I had to click twice that many times. I did it over the past couple days. Jeez, man, that's like, what a pain. But I, I think this set of images is actually very interesting. Like the first images I came up with when I was still enthusiastic about it and when I still had, uh, you know, a, uh, <coughs> what would you say? Yeah, an enthusiasm for it because it was just so new before I got burnt out on it. Why I got burnt out, I don't know. And some of the images are so beautiful, it sort of makes me feel like going back to it, but I don't think it's a good idea. But I wanted, I, you know, it was an interesting phenomenon because when I would tell people about this, anything you write becomes, can turn into an image. I'm like, you know, I, it's a lot of people I talked to about this. I'm like, come on, give me something and I'll type it in. So many people couldn't think of a single thing. It was wild. Um, so I'm going to go through my list here. This is, these are the, what they call prompts. This is just what I wrote to generate the images. And, uh. Some of them are what people gave me, <clears throat> um, but I figured it would be cool to have a sort of a record. It's, it's not 1,300 because a lot of them are this, this the same one over and over again. So this shouldn't go take too long, but I thought it, it was interesting, the stuff I thought about I, that I wanted it to, to create, right? 
I thought of a lot of wild stuff. So let's go back to the very beginning. Um, when This was on June 9th, 2022. Uh, Matt from Scotland gave me an invite, and I got in. The first thing I tried was cardboard onk fairies. And yes, there's a bunch of cardboard fairies that it created for me. And then you go through, you know, uh, trying to find different variations and refine it and stuff. So there's a ton of images here just of cardboard onk fairies. Uh, then I went to a grandfather clock that looks like a 1950s jukebox because I really want one of those in real life. No, I, I don't think anyone ever made it. But, you know, like those Wurlitzers with like the bubbles and stuff, the colored water. Just like a grandfather clock that's themed like that. It didn't do a great job on that. How about an indoor amusement center themed as a train station? What the hell happened there? Hold on. I have to make sure I can I can do this without having causing problems here. An indoor amusement center themed as a train station at night in... See, I, I, I can't see the whole prompt. Indoor amusement center themed as a train station at night in 1970s concept art style. Okay. going on here hold on a second oh there we go okay there was some something was wrong with it yeah 1970s pinball arcade with people wearing wizard costumes in black and white looking like a newspaper photo a pinball machine based on the 1984 movie repo man a magic cube next to a door with little red riding hood viewing the scene with surprise on a mirrored grid plane with vaporwave vibes. A wackadoodle duck. I think that was someone else's uh, suggestion for me. 1970s shopping mall interior as a Maxfield Parish. Those are really cool. The style of Maxfield Parish. That's cool. See, now I'm getting more excited. I'm getting more interested in it again. A Peanuts comic strip in black and white where they play Atari Warlords. Some of these that just couldn't do it all. You know, I, I mean, it would be cool if it would actually do it. I'm sure it will be able to do it. Cool spot dancing with the Pure Prairie League guy. This completely failed. You know the the, the, the uh, set seven up characters, Cool Spot? And the guy, the cowboy on the cover of the Pure Prairie League albums? I wanted them dancing. It couldn't. It completely failed. Listen, <laughs> that's a hard one. Crappy robots from 70s TV show in the style of Disney's Fantasia. Union, New Jersey in another dimension. That was a good one. PQ River in the Quake Reversal Satellite. How about just the overnightscape? It's like this night landscape. That was pretty cool. A robot sorcerer painted by Patrick Nagel as a Duran Duran album cover. And I know, I, I, I know you don't have the visuals and stuff. I just, I can't describe every single one. I just want to give you my prompts and what I tried to make. An orange and purple spaceship that looks like a riverboat. That was based on my um, Opie Fogonk's uh, frivol. A photorealistic crystal pavilion in 1927 sepia tone. A line drawing of a fool playing a video game. A photorealistic puppet riding a motorcycle. A stained glass, frosty root beer mug. A mug with mugs on it. Remember, that was another one of my ideas in the past. Yeah. 
Snoopy wearing a Technicolor dream coat in stained glass. A mid-century motel parking lot in the rain with a monolith. A portrait of a millionaire robot done in underground comics style. A marble statue of a millionaire robot, ultra-detailed photorealistic. A boring maintenance man as a Magic the Gathering card. How about the answer to life, the universe, and everything? <laughs> Twelve different puppets, photorealistic. What has been kept secret for far too long? <laughs> that was a weird one. Jay, that's what I was talking about earlier. What has been kept secret for far too long? Or maybe maybe not long enough. Those worshipping... Sorry. Those worshipping a fax machine in a Renaissance painting... That was pretty good. There's all these people worshipping a fax machine in the Renaissance. <laughs> the Renaissance period. Yeah. Yeah. How about this one? Everything. It sort of has a generic image of, of like this landscape for these kind of generic terms. Like everything and the secret of the universe. Stuff like that. Then I did everything ever. How about a pile of towels at midnight? You know, because so, there's so much art I've seen lately, which is just the artist just throws a bunch of pile, uh, a pile of towels on the ground and calls it art. So I, that was real art. Here's a good prompt. I was doing laundry when they came in. What was I thinking? How about Toronto at 4 a.m.? Great. Mid-Journey bot. So I tried to I, had, I tried to see what the Mid-Journey bot itself looked like. It didn't have anything special. The past inside the present. Natural light, classical realism, impressionism. Right, that classic line from Boards of Canada. The past inside the present from music is math great song canada in the future as an 1890s photograph so the idea here is that a time traveler from the 1890s goes to the future of canada and takes a photo some interesting ones here a claymation hovercraft it's kind of cool doing like a post-mortem of this whole mid-journey experience a claymation a claymation shopping mall interior at night those are pretty groovy looking Looking up at a grandfather clock. And this is where I started with all those grandfather clocks and the shopping arcades and everything. Looking up at a grandfather. It, it does really cool grandfather clocks. See, I don't want to get back into this. I don't want to. I'm getting, I, I'm getting more interested in it now. Five grandfather clocks in a hallway at night. I wasted so much money. I, sp I spent like $30 a month. I didn't do anything for a couple months. Five grandfather clocks in a hallway at night. A cyberpunk cuckoo clock. Abandoned appliances in the city at night in claymation. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Purple and orange checkered hallway. Model railroad city street photorealistic green panther. Bizarre puppet people driving around in pickup trucks. <laughs> that was the uh, a letter I wrote, I think, to the guy that made uh, Flaming Carrot, Bob Burden. And just sort of like scrawled it with like silver ink on a piece of paper and mailed it to him bizarre puppet people driving around in pickup trucks and he said that he actually used to show my letter in a, a presentation he did to show what kind of crazy stuff he got in the mail as I think I did talk to him once at a uh, convention anyway Edward Hopper Sumerian Night Garden with Falling Stars Edgar Hopper Sumerian Night Garden okay Night, Mar Night, Night Market Windsor McKay Cincinnati this, these are interesting I really like these 
something like Windsor McKay drawing something related to Cincinnati. I was I was trying to get for like real like weird stuff. Everything again. Zippy the Pinhead and Nancy and Sluggo and Maxine. That would have been a great. It can't it can't do that yet. At least it couldn't. As this is June tenth now. What is this? Just a couple days. Imagine Zippy the Pinhead and Nancy and Sluggo and Maxine from Hallmark, the bitter old woman, and her dog. Throw her dog in too. How about Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick, and Titch? <laughs> that is an actual rock band, but like the, in the picture, like half the members are like weird penguin creatures. <laughs> a massive yacht in a storm at night with balloons and fireworks and a city skyline in the distance with a helicopter flying overhead. It did its best <laughs> to try to create that. A model of a shopping mall in a display case. Photorealistic moody lighting. Huh. A car, a cartoon dragon sitting on a throne between two ferns. I don't know if that's someone else gave me that one. I'm not sure. A dragon sitting on a throne. A pinball back glass with a janitor character. <laughs> I'm asking too much at this point. These were good, cool. 1978 toy catalog. It has these... Images of all these, like, toys that don't exist, you know? I like these. How about 1986 New Jersey? It should just show, like, New Jersey in 1986. 1893 World's Fair by Pratt Patrick Nagel. These are kind of interesting in the style of Patrick Nagel. You know, the guy that... His main claim to fame is he drew the cover of uh, Duran Duran's Rio album in, uh, was it, 82? 81? 82? I can only imagine how much more advanced this is now than from June. Flea market in 1970. That's pretty cool. It looks like an actual photograph until you look close up and all the people are so deformed. Model Railroad Alley at Night. Model Railroad Cyberpunk Alley at Night with Neon. Brutalist Shrine. These are pretty cool. With the brutalist architecture. Hmm, hmm, hmm. These are all just sort of variations on those themes. Hyper-realistic neon boombox. Moody lighting, fog, cobblestone street. I don't know if someone... I think someone wanted me to make this one. How about the incredible true facts of space? You know, with uh, Titfos, with Chad. Interesting images. Video arcade, Sid Mead Knight. Yeah, I did a lot of arcade work with this. Marble statues of the Beatles in a museum. Moody lighting. Yeah, this one I think I showed on... I think I was... Some of these I was, like, making and showing on uh, Discord. These are pretty cool. The Beatles statues <coughs> in the museum. Uh, <laughs> what the heck? This was my... Uh, that poem I used as the title of one of the shows. This was back on June 10th. This is all in the same day? Like, it's crazy. I was going nuts. Say you win the rat... Wait. Sorry. Let me start again. Say you win the rat race. Then what? Join the caravan to the next age... You can bet your bippy there are vending machines in heaven. My Kirschwasser shell is almost empty and has no answers, man. Try the Overnight Escape 1817 instead. Very humble and groovy inside your head. I'd like an 80s Walden Books bag, the woodcut one. By the way, I did buy one of those. I did get that actual Walden Books bag. Where is it, though? I bought the bag from the poem. I have it somewhere. <laughs> A phenomenon is those four making it to the next level. Conrad awoke. The door to the paddywhack was open. There was no one to stop him. And again, it, it really, 
they, they couldn't really do much with that. I don't. I don't wouldn't expect them to do that much with that. This is an insane prompt. Okay. Tiki Bar, Sid Mead. I did a lot in the style of Sid Mead, the artist. I think this is my first Tiki Bar one, but I did get a lot of uh, Tiki Bar interior scenes. Sid Mead did a lot of really good Tiki Bar work here. See, I liked it. I liked it. I, I, I don't know what happened. A world without fish. This is one of my coworkers who hates fish. I wanted to see what a world without fish would look like. And, I, and then I did one, a world with fish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also wanted to see our, the CEO of our company riding the subway in 1994. <clears throat> a box of gold, a box of super gold nugget cereal from 1974. So I was kind of hoping I could make up a cereal from 1974 and it would create a package that would look like that. There never was super gold nugget as far as I know, <clears throat> but it failed miserably. <clears throat> a jester dancing with a janitor. I thought that'd be a cool image, but... See, I wonder how, how much better these would be now. These, This was a cool series. A, a gritty, realistic portrait of a janitor with moody lighting done in the ash can style. Yeah, these are really good. Moody paintings of janitors. Luke Skywalker, Tashi Station. Yeah, I think <coughs> I think these were requ- requests, on, requests on Discord. This was a good one. 1700s portrait style painting of Ed Grimley as a king. You know, the Martin Short character, Ed Grimley. That's really good. They did a really good job on that. Neon Interior, a fast food restaurant in a mall in 1994. Night, ultra-realistic, 16 by 9. I was trying to do the ratio. I didn't use the right nomenclature. These were kind of cool, though. A Red Skeleton Space Pirate. I think that was Chad's request. (laughs) That was a good one. Old-school RPG-style black-and-white line art illustration of a jester drinking at a bar in an inn, yucking it up with a devil. That didn't work out. Nixon versus Harryhausen. Yeah, this was this guy, uh, Frank Panucci, I know. He uh, he was using a different program, and he wanted to see kind of how his prompts worked in this program. Popeye and Gumby riding a polka-dotted flying saucer. So he did, again, that was another one he did, and he wanted to see how it worked. It kind of was very weird in this one. Popeye and Gumby riding a polka-dotted flying saucer in newspaper comic style. Okay. Popeye the video game. All the Popeye stuff just didn't really... Popeye in 80s video game style. None of it was working out. These were good. Uh, computer terminal with amber graphic in a night in a train station. Moody lighting. Realistic. Cyberpunk. Neon night fog. This is also on June 10th. Did I do it? All that, this is all on June 10th? Really? That was my big, uh, my big day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the amber. Yeah, this was a good one. Abe Vigoda holding a wombat, of course, based on the fish song. Not especially successful. The entrance area to a theme park ride. Interesting. The Mandelbrot set. <laughs> the hell? Hold on a second. Yeah, the Mandelbrot set. You know the Mandelbrot set. We all know the Mandelbrot set. The Mandelbrot set in the sky above a city skyline seen across a river at night. That's kind of cool. <clears throat> the Mandelbrot set in the sky above a city skyline seen across a river at night. Ultra-realistic cyberpunk fog. An ancient city skyline seen across a river at night. Realistic cy- cyberpunk neon. Mm-hmm. A discarded microscope. These, these were pretty interesting images. 
it's almost like you're looking through a microscope at a, at a discarded microscope that's miniature. An 80s magazine cover featuring robots playing backgammon. A couple of these were actually pretty good. But you can definitely, th you can imagine in a magazine cover in the 80s where there's like robots playing backgammon. I don't know if it existed, and it's, this one didn't. It got, I mean, it made something. It wasn't that great. A green road littered with toys. Art Deco Pegasus chess pieces made of brown glass. Those were really, really nice. Um, Art Deco Pegasus made of brown glass in a museum moody lighting. Yeah, a couple of these were really nice looking. Yeah, that's beautiful. The Pegasus art in a museum. Because like art in a museum, is, if it looks all weird and distorted and deformed, that's fine. That's what art's like these days. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about the Weasel Village Mall? Yeah, some interesting uh, renditions of that. My endless concept of the mall, Weasel Village Mall. The Three Weasels, made some of those. Art Deco building shaped like a jukebox lit from below at night. thought that would be kind of cool, but yeah, I mean, it kind of gets there, you know. Art Deco skyline at night. Art Deco skyline realistic seen across the river at night. This is still June 10th. I was going nuts. Art Deco Skyline, realistic, seen across river, night, mountains, fog, cyberpunk, neon. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Terrarium, ultra-realistic, moody lighting. And those were kind of cool. A terrarium. <clears throat> Expensive mescal bottles, ultra-realistic. Is this still June 10th? Complex typography wall, moody lighting. Some of those were all right. Thomas Pinchon. Who knows? Maybe uh, the AI knows what he looks like. I mean, it's definitely based on a picture of him. Oh, this is great. Bob Hope Triumphant. And it's just a picture of him in like a yellow spotlight holding up his arm. And then there's his hand is like another copy of his face. <coughs> I like that. Bob Hope Triumphant. Richard Nixon, 1890s political cartoon. That was pretty cool looking. Richard Nixon fighting an octopus, 1800s political cartoon style. Some cool ones there. Beware of Doug, based on the classic uh, Far Side comic. Antiquated Dream. I think this was someone else asking for them on Discord. Two Soul Harmony. Fish Sci-Fi Soldier. Donuts Touching Turtles. That's another fish thing. Fishman Donuts. A Klein Bottle and a Mobius Strip in a Museum. It got somewhere. I mean, it got something of the concept of a Klein bottle in the Mobius strip. Four-dimensional paradox, octane render. I don't even know what an octane render is, but everyone else was using it, so I'm like, that must make it, things look good. This is a really cool image. It's uh, a four-dimensional paradox. It's like it's like weird bars of soap. <clears throat> Aquatic land mammal. There's another request. A cloud of orange and purple smoke in a museum. Octane render, ultra-realistic, moody lighting. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> the Corridor of Losers. Yay. I did a good job on that. <coughs> Pavilion made of multicolored crystals. Ultra-realistic, octane render, night neon, cyberpunk, fog, dancers, and bears. <laughs> it actually has all that. I did a good job. Shopping Arcade, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox, Neon, 
Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Clock Tower, Tarot Cards, Grandfather Clock, Smoke. This was the, this is the prompt that I I uh, I made a, I actually made a deck of cards out of that. It may I may have slightly updated the prompt. Butterfly Tessellatrix. But yeah, the whole shopping arcade Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox Neon, Cyberpunk Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Clock Tower, Tarot Cards, Grandfather Clock and Smoke. That was like a big one. Durian Fruit Photorealistic. Billboard Advertising Root Beer, 1950s Highway, Photorealistic, Octane Render, Night Moody Lighting. I like some of these root beer signs. <laughs> Photorealistic Yellow Synthesizers in a Museum. That was a cool one. Photorealistic Purple Glass Statues of Grandfather Clocks in a Dirty Alley at Night, Fog and Neon. <laughs> Listen, I'm really I'm pushing this system to the edge, okay? Come on. This is... Is this really still to June 10th? Is this right? I, I, I don't remember doing all this in one day. What, did I just do everything in one day? The Fool Tarot Card Cyberpunk Moody Lighting. Yeah, I was thinking of trying to make a tarot deck, which I did ultimately make that a tarot deck, but it was just experimental. The Fool Tarot Card, Shopping Arcade, Sid Mead, Octane Render, all that stuff. Well, I'll read it all. This, this, the point of this is to read it all. The Fool Tarot Card, Shopping Arcade, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox, Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Clock Tower, Tarot Cards, Grandfather Clock, Smoke, Photorealistic. And then when I, I reduced it to the Fool Tarot Card, Paradox, Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Smoke, Night, Photorealistic. Reduced it further, the Fool Tarot Card, Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Night, City, Streets. <clears throat> It wasn't, I mean, I wasn't really getting anything really that good. <coughs> the Fool Tower Card, Neon, Art Deco, Fog, Night, City Street, Oil Painting. The World Tarot Card, Neon, Art Deco, Fog, Night, City Street, Realistic High Detail. Then we were back to Shopping Arcade, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox, Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Clock Tower, Tarot Cards, Grandfather Clock, Smoke. I did a ton of these, right? They were so beautiful and, uh, yeah. What what day did I do this? Don't Wait, don't tell me. June 10th. I, I think there's something wrong with the dates here because, like, I don't think I did all this in one day. Maybe that was the day I subscribed or something. I I, I don't know. I, I, did I do this all in one day? That doesn't make any sense. Wait, there was one. There was a different one there. Oh yeah, my wife Denise wanted me to do one of Jack White kissing a bunny rabbit. It was kind of well done. <laughs> a lot of these beautiful images of these clock towers and these misty shopping arcades. See, it makes me want to get back to it, but not really. <laughs> I mean, my reaction to it was not expected. I don't even understand it. There's just sort of a deep-down revulsion towards AI imagery that I developed. I want to say revulsion, but it's something that... It just feels like something very wrong about it, even though the images are beautiful. Here were some more. I think this was my father, my brother. A cat drawn by Edgar Degas. A cat wearing a pirate outfit drawn by Edward Degas. <clears throat> oh yeah, this is when we were at this we, we went out to lunch I said a photograph of four people having lunch at the Chimney Rock Inn to see if it would be a picture of us 
<coughs> Spider crawling out of a teacup on top of a mountain in, in Art Deco. That was another request. <coughs> Photorealistic anthropomorphic unicorn charging up a mountain. Another request. Interior scene, 1950s hamburger joint. Teens choosing songs on a jukebox. Mid-century magazine ad illustration style. Mysterious cloaked figures in the background. In the background. It didn't do a good job on that. Listen, when I'm saying it didn't do a good job on it, I, I was... Listen, let's not... It's am, It was amazing as it was back... Oh, I'm on June 11th now. Look at this. There's something wrong with these dates. There's no way. There's no way. <clears throat> Macro photography of carved green jade, highly detailed close-up, intricate, beautifully rendered carvings of robots and cherries. It did its best. You know, it did its best. Civil War photograph of robots. That was pretty cool. And, of course, Civil War photograph of wizards playing badminton. That was one of my favorites. A jukebox catalog from hell. That'd be kind of cool. Cloaked figures at a gas station. Alphonse Mucha. Kind of worked. A pack of sorcery detergent cigarettes. Photorealistic. See, again, I was trying to... I tried to make up this weird, like, brand of cigarettes as dreamlike. Like, the cigarette brand was going to be sorcery detergent. (laughs) That's the name of the cigarettes. But it didn't really... The Flat Earth. That was a good one. A tiger cartoon character wearing a top hat, smoking a cigar, looking doubtful. An orange TARDIS. Twin Peaks comic strip. Action figure of the common man. Flames made of the moon. New Jersey. Moody Highway at dusk. And, and the, yeah, there's more Civil War photograph of Wizards playing badminton. Yeah, that's a good one. These are all like variations of all those ones. Photorealistic pack of cigarettes, 1990s, trolley car theme. Again, I'm really hoping for something that looks like a... Like like something, you know, like a real... Like a, like a cigarette pack. Cigarettes from the 1990s where they, like, there's a trolley car involved in, in the theme. Action figures of anti-Snoopy and ultra-Snoopy. I thought they'd be cool characters. Anti-Snoopy and Ultra-Snoopy. An aquarium that just doesn't care, but I I wrote C-A-T-E instead. So there were, like, cats in the aquarium. Hipsters bored at a B-52 show in 2003. Alphonse Mucha, a few panda bears also. (laughs) What the hell? I think I'm going to crash the system here. (coughs) Yeah, there was a really cool hipster panda bear that I created there. I, I created, the thing created there. Bored hipsters in Alphonse Mucha style. <laughs> it's kind of kind of cool. Anti Snoopy and Ultra Snoopy. The worst fish tank ever. <laughs> that was pretty cool. An or- origami orangutan made of rough concrete with stark side lighting. A nineteen twenty, a nineteen twenties cartoon doctor playing a Moog synthesizer. A heck of a lot of hats. <laughs> Generic packaging woes. World War Forty Five. <laughs> Oh, there's there's a really good worst fish tank ever. I like that one. Bad 1950s robot carved in green jade, hyper detailed. A space cruiser called Owen. <laughs> what? Ceci n'est pas un pipe. Wow, that's not a pipe. It's really bizarre. Beige submarine concept art, diesel punk, John Harris. Instead of the yellow submarine, it's a beige submarine. Complex typography, high detail, an aquarium that just doesn't care. 
driving the porcelain bus. <laughs> you know, that's a euphemism for vomiting, you know. Oh, you're driving the porcelain bus. You know, vomiting into a toilet. Yeah, it's actually just a porcelain bus. Claymation gas station, I like that. The memories of a man in his old age are the deeds of a man in his prime. Did I find that phrase somewhere? Sherlock Holmes triumphant. Wizards jumping around in a 1950s diner, neon hyper-realistic. More beige submarines. Uh, crystals, mushrooms, owls, moody lighting, multicolored night. This is now June 12th. A 1970s cereal box. Ooh, that's a good claymation gas station. Museum interior at night. Brown glass sculptures, moody lighting, neon. Yeah, the interiors of the museum is really good looking. Really good looking stuff. An owl, a mushroom, a crystal, night moody lighting. Action figure of a beat poet tiger. And then the, the shopping arcade, Sid Mead. Yeah, the same, uh, this one is shopping arcade, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Clock Tower, Tarot Cards, Grandfather Clock, Smoke, Museum Interiors, Hipster Hotel Room, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Clock Tower, Tarot Cards, Grandfather Clock, and Smoke. It's a cool hipster. Uh, Hipster hotel rooms. Then I said hipster hotel room, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox, Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Tarot Card, Smoke. Neon Trumpet Wall Art. A Riverboat in Space, Orange and Purple, Octane Render, Detailed, Beautiful, Rich Colors, Photorealism, High Detail. A paddle wheel riverboat in space, orange and purple, octane render, concept art. Mescal bottles lit from behind, seen at an angle. Fofford and the Gray Mauser. Times, Times Square, but I wrote Times Square instead. In 1993, grainy photograph. That was kind of good. Dr. Demento painting, style of William, Alf, Al, style of Wil, Wil, William Adolf Bougereau. <laughs> that, that was actually pretty good. A grim prison in Ohio in the style of Thomas Kincaid. I like that one. A grim prison by the painter of light. Yeah, Dr. Demento by Bougereau is great. Grainy photo of a pinball arcade in Times Square in 1972. Tiki bar, riverboat, steam, octane render, fine detail, 1970, concept art, occult, unreal engine, moody lighting, 4K, render, neon, atmosphere, angles. Go nuts. Clear plastic paperweight with a psychedelic with psychedelic buildings inside. New Jersey as a PlayStation 1 game. A tiki bar interior. Smoke octane render. Fine details. 1970. Concept art. Occult Unreal Engine. Moody lighting. 4K render. Atmospheric angles. A 1970 photograph of HR Puffin stuff at home. This was pretty frightening. Tiki bar interior. How about just 209? <laughs> Again, when there's something so general, it just has the same kind of images, like everything, or 209. Pyramid paperweight, clear plastic, multicolored crystals inside. What the heck was this? 
Oh, what the hell happened? Oh, God, I clicked on the wrong thing. Hold on a second. All right, I think I got it back here. Okay, more of the Tiki Bar interior, smoke, octane render, fine details, 1970, concept art, occult, Unreal Engine, moody lighting, 4K render, atmospheric angles. There's the final puffin' stuff at home, very frightening. This Tiki Bar does not exist. <laughs> I thought that would be a cool, like, what does that look like? Ship arriving too late to save a drowning witch, you know, the... Uh, Frank Zappa album cover based on that drool. Tiki bar interior with pinball machines. Inside the train station at night. It's trying to do the tiki bar, it doesn't exist. It's not, not doing a good job. Japanese drink vending machine at night with moody lighting. Uh, it's one of my favorite visuals to see. Japanese vending machines. Astronaut holding a giant cassette tape. <laughs> a board game called Maze of Cigarettes Jr. The hell? Oh, we're on June 13th now. Wow. That's a cool, like, oh, in a dream. Let's play this board game, Maze of Cigarettes Jr. Thrift Coffee. I don't know where that came from. 70s font. Elaborate cigar store sign. Cartoon astronaut raising the flag of an imaginary country in a back alley. Clown in electron microscope. Wow, that is frightening. Clown in electron microscope. The studio team in the office. Ooh, that Japanese vending machine looks very cool. This is just variations of all those. Andy Cap triumphant, you know, the comic strip character, Andy Cap. Yellow commercial interior, moody lighting, 1992. Here's a, a request. Kenny G plays avant-garde metal in a gas mask. Fish performing with mobile suit Gundam. Super 8mm film, stop motion animation, superheroes defeated, 1981 Starlog magazine. Clear plastic orange, clear orange plastic bust of Ronald Reagan as a, I see. I I, I want it as a punk, but it's as a pink. I do. I do have a little statue like that. <coughs> a deck of cards underwater. Concept art of an elaborate science fiction themed casino. Psychedelic typography exhibit. Chachkis. That was pretty frightening. All these weird old chachkis. LOL. Architectural concept sketch of a crazy casino, Sid Mead, 1992. What's going on here? Sorry. Set up is a little messed up. Still June 13th. Okay. St. Basil's Cathedral in H.R. Geiger style. Netsuke Collection, cyberpunk. Looking down a twisty stairway into a cyberpunk concourse. <clears throat> Let's see. Cyberpunk Natsuke is pretty good. Two Doctions riding a two-seater bicycle over a rainbow. This is another request. The lead singer of Luna holding an upside-down pineapple at the top of Mount Everest. Another request. 
Complex stained glass bottle, backlit, octane render, photorealistic, moody, neon fog. God on his day off. I think that was another request. Joe, I like this one. Joe Franklin interviewing Joe Piscopo. The Joe Piscopo looks good, but the Joe Franklin doesn't look like him. Nash the Slash in an 80s cartoon. It got confused with the other musician, Slash. <laughs> There's Joe. That's a great picture, though. Joe Franklin interviewing Joe Piscopo. <laughs> a cyberpunk astronaut with a clock for a face. Feel like a lamplighter. Oh wow, that was a that was a title. I, I don't think I ever used it for a show a show art. Feel like a lamplighter. The Laser Age Hobo Express. Joker Bomb, no. Dean of Ale Cottage. That's a super obscure reference. Remember in the uh, the complete uh, the the weird university series that that guy caveman, the dean of Ale Cottage, because <laughs> in the real world it was the dean at Mead Hall, Mead Ale. You, yeah. Amuse yourself in exile. That's another show title. I don't know if I ever used that one. Back to the shopping arcade. Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Clock Tower, Tarot Cards, Grandfather Clock, and Smoke. This is a lot of variations of the ones I've been talking about. What's going on here? I, I can never quite get the balance right with all this stuff. Oh, no! I clicked the wrong button again. Oh, I hate when that happens. I did a lot of work on that crazy casino. I never really went anywhere, though. Of course, the whole shopping arcade thing, I made that whole deck of cards out. I made... Like over a hundred of those, I think. Beautiful images, though. You can see some images of those in my show art. City made of wicker. That was just like a one-shot. That would look kind of cool. I don't know where that came from. Cyberpunk pattern for the back of a tarot card. Yeah, and I, and that that's how I made from that that I did a one-off deck of the uh, cyber grandfather deck. It looked really good too. Cyberpunk pattern for back of tarot card, fine detail. Cyberpunk pattern, fine detail for back of tarot card. Yeah, I, d I threw together this deck. I, I made it on a, on a site called Make Playing Cards. I have it right here, right? Is it over here? Yeah, there it is. It's not really... It's It was just a whim. It was not really worth pursuing. Crystal formation, high detail, octane render, moody lighting. Like, maybe back when I made it, but now everyone... There's probably a million... AI art tarot card decks on the market now. Video Arcade. Video Arcade. Sid Mead, Octane Render, Paradox, Neon, Cyberpunk, Fog, Crystals, Tiki's, Tarot Cards, Smoke. Hippies. Ad William Adolf Bougereau. <laughs> Hippies as drawn by, painted by Bougereau. David of Font. Video Game, Arcade Interior, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Neon, Cyberpunk, Smoke. Pinball, cabinet, side art, astronauts, William Adolf Bougereau. Pinball tower, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Neon, Cyberpunk, Smoke. I like the astronauts painted by Bougereau. I like pinball towers, too. Jesters, moody lighting, Bougereau, William Adolf Bougereau. The video game interiors are fantastic. 
video game arcade interior, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Neon, Cyberpunk Smoke. Sonic the Hedgehog by by William Adolf Bougereau. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Civil War photograph of Penn and Teller. That's actually actually looks pretty cool. Theater marquee, Sid Mead, Octane Render, Neon, Cyberpunk. What's going on with this? All right. Pogo for president. <laughs> I voted for Pogo a few weeks back. Yeah, the arcade interiors were beautiful. Video game arcade interior, customers playing games, pinball, 1980s, octane render, neon smoke. And again, video game arcade interior, customers playing games, pinball, 1980s, photorealistic, moody lighting smoke. It was slightly different. You know, you change up the prompt and things, you know. Then I added neon signs to that. Neon signs and... Oh, that was it. Okay. Neon signs gritty. I wanted it to be a scene that's gritty. Yeah, this is a cool series of images, really. And then I added a cloaked figure. So there's a mysterious cloaked figure in the arcade. And how did I keep going? Video game arcade interior, customers playing games, pinball, 1980s, photorealistic, highly detailed, moody lighting, smoke, neon, neon signs, gritty, one cloaked figure. Hmm. And then I had the octane render, whatever that is. I never figured that one out. Uh, and then I added a bear, <laughs> threw a bear in there. I think I gave up on the bear concept. Yeah, here and so here is a series I made adding. So the whole thing was video game arcade interior, people playing pinball, 1980s, photorealistic, highly detailed, moody lighting, smoke neon signs, gritty night, cloaked figure, green octagon, octane render. But the cloaked figure is in green. Then I added a yellow circle and cinematic look. And then I added a locomotive. So it's like a weird combination of an arcade and a train. It's, oh my God, it's everything. The green octagon becomes a green cloaked figure. I was onto something here, but it didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> I added a green pyramid. Wow, the green pyramid's pretty cool. That's a cool one. Nice. And I started making them... Was this in, in that different aspect ratio? Hmm. I don't know why it's doing. I don't know why it didn't. Oh yeah, I changed the aspect ratio to be more like a like a tarot card. Ton of these. Did I just change it? I I never changed it. It was always a green cloaked figure, kind of like the Wizard's Speed in Time. Okay. Then we have Bambi meets Godzilla. I think this may have been a request. The mysterious hanging ferns. Video game arcade carved out of lapis lazuli. That'd be kind of cool. An entire arcade carved out of one block of lapis lazuli. More of the arcades with the cloaked figure. The mysterious cloaked figure in the arcade. Sock drawer overture. Yes, this was an actual show art I did. Sock drawer classical music. Sock drawer musical notes. Classical music instruments. I was doing this to make a show art that eventually turned out very well. Drawer full of socks. Sheet music. Violin. Bassoon. Socks in Outer Space with Musical Notes. Sock Puppets in Outer Space in a 1980s music video on VHS. Sock Puppet Rock Band, 1980s music video VHS style. 
pretty frightening. 1970s album cover featuring sock puppets playing violins in sci-fi style Sid Mead Smoke Neon. And that was the one that got this image that was so great. I used it as a show art, kind of like a weird red planet with a giant character of some sort. Really good. If it's so good, why did, why did I get burnt out on it? Ocean Sunset. This was someone... Someone. I asked someone, what would you like to see? They just said Ocean Sunset. Chambers of Muon. Remember that whole thing with that guy? Uh, that whole... Remember that thing? Chambers of Muon thing? The arcade down in the Echelon Mall. And I talked to that guy. He, he came on the exit ramp. Photomat Skyscraper. I was really hoping it could make a Photomat Skyscraper. You know, remember Photomat, right? <clears throat> Those little huts. If they made a whole skyscraper like that. But it's a beautiful, it's a cool image, but it doesn't look like a photo mat to me. Art Deco and Art Nouveau skyscrapers with orange roofs. Ultra realistic, photo realistic. Those are kind of cool. Weirdos playing miniature golf on VHS in 1978. Group of weirdos playing miniature golf on VHS in 1978. Group of weird puppets playing miniature golf. Hyper realistic. <laughs> Listen, do we really want to see these images? <laughs> Weird Puppets Playing Miniature Golf. This is on July 21st. Weird Puppets Playing Miniature Golf, 19, 1890s photograph. That's pretty frightening. These weird little puppets in the 1890s playing mini golf, miniature golf. Large Z-shaped translucent tubes. You'd think it could do that. It's not even shaped like a Z. That was from that, that clip from Friday's. It, it was a year when people wore large Z-shaped translucent tubes. Right, that was uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Um, you know the guy I'm talking about, Rich Hall. Yes, but he but he actually was doing. He was reading the year in review for the following year. That was the joke. A bunch of magazines in an alternate reality. Puppet newsstand, and I also made a, a show art out of this one, the puppet newsstand. Yeah. A logo for weasels. A logo for weasels of nuclear ambition. I didn't wind up. I I couldn't get a good one out of there. So yeah. <clears throat> Some interesting logos though. Weasels of nuclear ambition. A billboard for weasels of nuclear ambition. The three weasels at Pete's place. A penguin priest. I think this was a request. A penguin priest in the style of Andrew Wyeth. And I just did Peter Litke, Brian Cassidy, Frank Edward Nora, just to see if I could get pictures of us. It, didn't, it shows a person, but not really. 70s, pinball arcade interior, Sid Mead, Red Walls, fast food, smoke, neon, silly characters. And this actually also eventually became a show art I did. Yeah, that was a kind of a cool atmospheric, that, that red restaurant interior. That was pretty cool. I, I did a few show arts like this. An 8-track tape of the soundtrack of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Because I also had a picture of my childhood 8-track tape of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. An 8-track tape of the soundtrack of Chitty 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 Bang Bang on a green carpet digital photo from 2002, which was exactly what I have, and I wanted to see what it could do with it. Very strange stuff, yeah. Digital photo from 2002. A riverboat cyberpunk style. A paddle wheel riverboat cyberpunk style ultra-realistic 1980s feature film style. An orange and purple paddle wheel riverboat cyberpunk style, ultra realistic 1980s 35 millimeter photograph. 
All right, hold on. I had to pause there. So did we say this one? A paddle wheel river boat, which is orange and purple on a river at night, the city skying behind it. I meant to write skyline. Let's see. I keep trying with this. And I did get one eventually for show art. A paddle wheel river boat, which is orange and purple on a river at night, which is black. The city skyline behind it, 1980s 35 millimeter color photo. Okay. A train station at night shaped like a barrel. <laughs> a train station at night with a barrel and a radio tower on top. Three Weasels Adventure as 1980s movie poster. I have a hotel called the Identical Parkway. Yeah, and this also I, I had a show made a show art for this. Eventually I called it I Have Hotel Called Identical Parkway. Oh yeah, so this is this is the prompt that got that one. I, I have hotel called Identical Parkway, lobby area at night, tiki bar, the people from your dreams, Sid Mead, ultra-realistic. Yikes. Jester in Cyberpunk City at night, 1970s Polaroid photo. Jester with three-cone cap, Cyberpunk City at night, Patrick Nagel. I can never get the Jester with the three-cone cap. Jester at night by Patrick Nagel. Again, the, the, these images are very, very generic. The yellow jester in the cyberpunk city at night. I kept trying to get this character. It just wasn't working. Some interesting images, though. And finally, the ultimate license plate. And that's it. Wow, we got through it all. 1,300 whatever pictures. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, there's some of these are undeniably cool. And I just, I don't know. I, I just... Uh, I felt there's, like, some of the stuff was so cool. And... It, there's some great images I made. It's just, I just wound up getting very burnt out on the whole thing, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's probably something I, I can just, uh, yeah. Probably leave well enough alone. I unsubscribed and whatever. Whatever. Goodbye, mid-journey. Goodbye. That was my mid-journey journey in a nutshell. Anyway, in other news, my uh, USB hub died. This was really old. Where is it? It's over here. Really old piece of technology. Uh, just a crappy little USB 2 TrendNet um, USB hub. And uh, it, just, it just died. It just, you know, just stopped working. Burnt out, I guess. But I have so many hard drives connected to my laptop here. I decided to just go on Amazon and just... Uh, Order another USB hub for uh, same-day delivery, and it came. It's it's from uh, Winter. It's pretty cool. It's working fine. It's a plug-in one. And, uh, you know, I, I was kind of worried because, you know, um, when I had, this is all USB 3, but I remember having a heck of a lot of trouble with my hard drives disconnecting when they were on USB 3, so I had to sort of use a USB 2 hub to make them work. But there hasn't been any problems so far. That was a long time ago. That was actually back when I was in the other place, Overnightscape Studio, too. So hopefully they've improved the USB technology since then. Um, yeah, it was great. I was so happy. But, like, all these wires are all over the place now. <laughs> Got to figure out something about these wires. Anyway, uh, today's episode is called Your Late Night Radio Trip Continues. And I kind of went back to basics on this one. Where's the art here? Yeah. 
I had found this image of uh, signs uh, from uh, a magazine from 1940 and uh, decided to do that color, you know, my, my sort of darkish yellow color and use uh, the, the permanence font, which is a variant of the uh, yellow submarine font, Amelia. Talking about yellow submarine, beige submarines, wow, synchronicity. Permanence was a variant of that font used on the cover of Future Shock, the novel. Love that. And, and I've used that font a lot over the years. Very psychedelic. Um, so I really like this artwork and the sort of the yellow and black, as you can see. I was trying to come up with a, a title. And I found that, uh, you know, if you go on onsug.com, our website, it always says The Overnight Escape Underground, your late night radio trip. But I never use that as a show title or anything. Uh, so I figured I would use that. Your late night radio trip continues, right? I would say that it's sort of a way of uh, saying that, um, right, all of the other stuff that's come up, right? I try to do virtual reality, doing stuff with the metaverse, my night station, all the imagery, making tarot card decks from mid-journey images. I've, I've had so many different projects and ideas but I'm very, very much just uh, focused now on doing um, the Overnightscape Underground, my show, the Overnightscape, and all the other stuff here on the channel. So the, your late night radio trip continues. Just sort of like, just as a, as a check-in point, you know, I, I feel like of all the other things I could be doing, doing the Overnightscape Underground is the best thing I could be doing, and I'm going to keep doing it. But this actual image is from a magazine. I found it. It's on the Internet Archive. It is from a magazine called, let's see, Signs of the Times, the National Journal of Display Advertising, March 1935. Well, this is from 1935. I thought it was from 1940. This is an article on the March, yeah, so it's page 48. Um... And this is the third article in the Artist Winner series giving layout ideas and pre-tested color schemes for show window and store display. So this is all uh, in these distinctive Design Plus display suggestions for April. Artist Winner incorporates chromium metal, silver, and copper tubing, silver molding, metallics, enamel, cellophane, velvet, cotton, and felt. You really can't wait. You can't really see that in this black and white image. But yeah, it says like it's like Easter frocks for all events, something something seventeen dollars, dine and dance one dollar per plate. Listen, that was a lot of money back then. Joe Dunn's music, cleaning, pressing, repairing. We knock spots. Bring in your old suit. Rain, yes, yes. Be prepared. Buy an umbrella. Fur storage, seven months for five dollars. Coats rebuilt. Easter greetings. Style style hats. Ooh. I was talking about hats before, too. A heck of a lot of hats. Something, five cents? or oh, five dollars for a hat. That was a lot of money back then. So anyway. Anyway. So I thought that was a cool image. Just kind of, you know, almost looks like neon in the night, old-fashioned. It just sort of feels right. Just a weird variety of stuff. As our late-night radio trip continues. Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things is looking at these these magazines. Let me let me see. I have a link to it. Mm -hmm. 
they changed the way they organized it. But to me, browsing random magazines is like the greatest thing. So it's called Magazine Contributions Index, I think. Let's see. It's in the magazine rack on the Internet Archive at archive.org. It's called Magazine Contribution Index, and you view it by date archived. And there's tons of new magazines from all eras every day. Here we have Outdoor Adventures from 1956, Electronic Gaming Monthly, I think from the 90s or 2000s, Entertainment Weekly from uh, 2016, We, wow, that's a dirty magazine, something called The Courier, Briar Patch, TV Times, oh wow, there's uh, Sid James, and what's her name from uh, Carry On Films, wow, Christmas and New Year's, TV Times, 1973. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's just like endless stuff you can find here in the magazine contribution index. Let's see what there's a. Let's see what they say about Sid James here. See, I only know about him thanks to Doc Slees and my research into the Carry On films. This is this must be British because people outside Britain have no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. Clicking through the magazine here. <clears throat> Stew pot calling from the circus. What? This is all stuff that Doc Slees would know about. British television, 1973. I only know bits and pieces. I don't say anything about uh, Carry On, though. Ooh, Benny Hill? Yes. Balladeer Benny is taking liberties again with a song, but it's his show. Nice. Cross and Blackwell's Branston Pickle. What the hell is that? It's a, is it really a pickle? I don't know what the hell that is. Christmas on TV. A, her name is Barbara something. Barbara. Barbara Windsor? No. You know, from, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Check out the magazine contribution index. You won't be sorry. And, and you know, just search by, by uh, the, you know, the, the latest. You can also search by year, you know. Zane Gray's Westerns. Wired, look, Wired Magazine from 1996. That's always good. Ray Gun, remember Ray Gun Magazine, 1999. Wrestling Superstars from 1995. Yeah. Black Book Detective Magazine, 1939. How about Outdoor Photographer from 1997? More Wired Magazines. American Indian Hobbyist. Uh-oh, from 1960. Yeah, that probably wouldn't fly today, but, you know, hey, hey. It was 1960. They didn't know any better back then. What's going on in this magazine? <coughs> I'm to make, like, Indian clothing and stuff, yeah. Probably best to uh, move on past that one. It's very controversial these days. Go! No, Stop! got stuck on American Indian Magazine. No, we can't look at something like that. Everyone's very sensitive about such things these days. Maybe even people don't even know why they're so sensitive about it. Microcomputer Program Library from Japan. Mega Power. What is it? A Mega Drive Magazine? Nice. Nice stuff. Oh, talking about uh, Mega Drive, there's a there's an anime I've been watching called uh, Isekai Ojisan, or Uncle from Another World. And uh, I've been watching it on the um, the anime site, but apparently it's on Netflix. 
It's a really good show. You should check it out. Isekai Oji-san. It's about this... It takes. It starts in uh, 2017. And it's about this guy who got hit by a bus and got uh, was in a coma for uh, 17 years. And he wakes up in 2017. So he, he, he was hit by the bus around 2000. But while he was unconscious, he goes to this other world that's sort of like a world of magic and fantasy world, right? And when he wakes up, like his, his nephew is there. He's living with his nephew and they decide to start it. He's able to do magic, like blatantly able to do all sorts of magical stuff. He can fly. He can shoot things, flames. He has, he has all sorts of powers. So they make a YouTube channel to try to make money off of his powers. and Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's some kind of genre because it's like uh, there's all these like sexy elves and stuff in the other world. And um, he's sort of clueless that they're attracted to him and this and that. I'm sure there's a name for that genre. You know, it's kind of like this sort of weird embarrassment between people who might may or may not be attracted to each other. I don't know. But anyway, Isekai Oji-san, uh, pretty good stuff. And uh, what am I doing? I'm just... Sounds like I'm scratching a record. It's this is just the, the surface of my laptop, my, my ancient laptop here. I know. I think probably in 2023 I have to get a new laptop. You know what I'm saying? I think I probably will have to get a new laptop. Yeah. And finally, I got a new deck of cards here. Uh, great stuff. I, I've been really, you know, I've I've been playing my 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 game, Flea Devil Solitaire, right? And if you want to play, I did a sh- an episode called Play Flea Devil Solitaire where I describe it in audio. And I also, if you get the latest edition of the of the Ansug book, the written rules are in there. The first version are in there. But um, I, I've been trying out so many different decks. And each deck has its own feel for playing Flea Devil. Because in Flea Devil, you hold the deck in your hands the whole time and just riffle through the cards and move them to the top of the deck or the bottom of the deck, move them around, right? So really, the feel of the cards is really important, and um, some are much better than others. So I've been checking out this this site, Rare Playing Cards, and there's uh, some pretty expensive decks like this one. I couldn't resist. This is from the uh, King's Wild Project. Uh, it's the El Dorado Playing Cards, and this is they're claiming to be. It, it looks. It is a reproduction of an actual deck of playing cards that was released in the 1890s. I'm assuming it's real. I don't know if it was just a. Yeah, I don't think it's fake or anything. Let me see what they say about this. These cards are they're really great for playing Flea Devil, and plus, you know, for Flea Devil, you need that extra card. I play with three Zonkers. I remember I recently tried playing with two Zonkers. It's just not fun. It's too easy to win. Three Zonkers to me is perfect. So you use the two jokers as zonkers, and then you need that one of the extra two cards that's in the deck. This has uh, two extra cards with the regular back. That's the main thing. You want the regular back. It doesn't really matter what's on the front, but uh, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful deck. Let me see if I can find about this. Not cheap. Not cheap. It's uh, horribly expensive as a deck of cards. Uh, right? This is limited to 800 units. Hold on, this is not working. Very limited edition, very rare. All right, it costs forty bucks for a deck of playing cards. Okay, I know it sounds insane, but it is a. I'm going to get so much. I'm going to get more than forty dollars of enjoyment out of it playing Flea Devil on here. Okay, so this is part of the 2022 Vintage Reimagined series. The Eldorado playing cards take the vintage design of the original Eldorado playing cards from the late 1800s and puts a new artistic touch to their design. 
Designed by Jackson Robinson and produced by the King's Wild Project. These cards are printed in the United States by United States Playing Card Company on classic bicycle stock, keeping the luxurious quality of the original vintage deck close to heart. And so this deck, it basically the back is beautiful. It's like a, it's like a, it's almost like sort of a, a, a green. That's almost on a turquoise green. And then there's like a gold or copper foil. And there's like a floral pattern. <coughs> and the cards themselves, they feel so great. And they basically, they look like old cards, right? There's just a slight brownish haze on the cards themselves. And like the face cards looks, they feel so modern and new, but they have this old like artwork style. And uh, they're just so great. I know it was an indulgence. And one joker is a moon and one is a witch. And I'm using that third card. But this is a great deck to play Flea Devil with. Even if it was eye-wateringly expensive. But, you know, I mean, a lot of decks, you go to you go to Barnes & Noble, a deck of cards, you know, not your basic one, but the little more high-end ones, like 10 bucks each. So it's not like, this is four times, it's four times better. <laughs> That's why it costs so much. There's only 800 in the world. See, I didn't see. I got the regular edition. You can also buy the, uh, you can also buy the gilded edition, which costs seventy dollars for one deck of playing cards. Uh, no, <laughs> okay, that's a bit much. Forty is a bit much, but seven, oh my god, seventy dollars for a deck of playing cards? No. You can also buy the uncut sheet, which is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight by one, two, three, four, five, six, eight by seven, so fifty-six. That's that. That's why there's the two extra cards, right? That's how they print them. Apparently these uncut sheets are going to... Like, people are really cuckoo about playing card collecting, but I, I I, have this extra... Like, I use the playing cards to play my game, you know? And I play it constantly, all day long. Day and night, I'm playing Flea Devil Solitaire. You should, too. I'm gonna, I'll try to make it easy. I'm, I'm going to try to do more with it, try to make it easier for people to get into it, you know? So I, I love that deck so much, I even subscribed to... It wasn't as expensive as that to get more of these um, reproductions of old decks of cards. So I'm going to get six of them in 2023. And I'll be flea deviling away with those cards. It's going to be great. going to be really groovy, man. I like it. <laughs> what do you want? Anyways, with that, it's just about time to say thank you for patching in to this episode of The Overnightscape. I'm your host, Frank Edward Nora. And our late night radio trip is continuing. Yes, indeed. Just go to onsug.com. That's O-N-S-U-G.com to get all the information you need. You can buy the book. As we are a radio station inside a book, that's the concept. You can buy the book. A new edition is a print book. It's print on demand. You can buy it. As as we are a non-commercial project, I don't make any money off it. I price the book so low that I do not get a cut of the of the, the whatever Amazon takes all the money. I know that may sound self-defeating, but there's so much about this project. It's so it is very much non-commercial that keeping it non-commercial at all levels is is very just makes it all easier. Philosophically, legally, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can also download a PDF of the book and uh, of the print book as it was released last year and then also an updated PDF, I update it every month with all the new information, all the new shows, all listed in there. And I've started the process of the next edition of the book. 
And it's going to be great. I've been making great progress. I've added these little uh, listening token like icons and organizing it differently. And it's just overall, it's just much better. Um, but yeah, our project here is very unique. We are non-commercial, as I mentioned. We uh, have over 13,000 hours of material in the archive. If you go to onsug.com, uh, O-N-S-U-G, again, that stands for Overnight Skip Underground. Click on Onsug Radio Archive. That will take you to the archive where you can hear every single show we've ever done on the Internet Archive. The same website that has those magazines. Um, yeah, and it's all well organized. And Right now it's up to you to chart your own course listening. But, of course, I'm working on it. I think the, uh, the the playlist and listening tokens will give you a little more of a hand in that in the next edition. And as well, hopefully this all can all be automated a bit as the AI, uh, the world of AI improves, you know. Uh, so much stuff I'd like to do in terms of you open the book and you start listening to the channel. And then it sort of tailors itself to your interests and your questions. Obviously, that's something we can't do right now with the uh, resources we have available to us, but AI could do it. It's just a thought. An idea of what could happen in the future. We have a unique style, and, uh, you know, we we have um, this massive archive. There's so much stuff in, in the OnSug that is just not anywhere else in the world. So much information, insight, and, of course, we are your radio pals. We'll always be here for you on the station. And you can help out, you know, in the near or far future, wherever you're listening Whenever you're listening, remember, you know, this project is not like owned by some big corporation that controls it. No, this is a bunch of files that uh, once we're all gone, though, those of us currently working on the project, we, we're relying on people in the future to perpetuate it, manage the files, maintain the files, promote the files. We're depending on you people in the future. Or maybe I've been reincarnated and I'll work on it too. But would I would I know that I used to be Frank Evernora when I was reincarnated? Or maybe I suspect it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's opening a whole can of worms, the whole reincarnation thing. Right? Because, you know, if, if, if they prove it, then people can start being charged for crimes in their previous lives and stuff. That would be good. That get pretty ugly. They better pass a law. You know, you can't be charged for crimes in your past lives. You know? Yeesh. Let's not even worry about that. It may not, reincarnation may not be true. A lot of things may not be true, but they probably are. Anyway, your voice can be on this archive. Because what else from this year, 2022, are people in a thousand years going to be checking out? I would say that the Overnight Escape Underground here, since it is our intent and the quality of the, and the nature of the content calls for it, I think people will be listening to our broadcasts in a thousand years. Would you like your voice to be heard in a thousand years? I really get a kick out of thinking about how I can be communicating with someone, touching someone's life, uh, giving them information, companionship, whatever, in the far future. I really love that idea. Some people don't care. Some people say, you know, if they don't get a benefit from what they do today, they don't care. I really think it's great. Because you have so much to say in these crazy times we're living in that will be of great value to people in the future. Please check it out. A show called Overnightscape Central every week. A new topic put forth by Mr. P.Q. Ribber in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Let's see if the next episode is up yet. Let's see. <laughs> no. But anyway, the one that just came out <clears throat> was what we've been watching, and then the new topic is uh, holiday-related thoughts. So I recorded all about that. Hopefully that will be coming out today or tomorrow. 
Just listen to the latest episode to get <coughs> the next topic. You can always email back and forth with PQ. He's very friendly. And get your voice on the channel. Thank you. And now we're going to uh, patch through to another sort of audio universe, another sort of late-night trip in the audio sense. Talk about a journey. This is not a mid-journey. This is a very high-level journey known as The Other Side. For months, the Klondike country had been terrorized by the most notorious of all bandits, Savoir Fair. Savoir Fair has stolen my dinner. He's stolen my bonbons. Uh, he's stolen my cheeses. Savoir Fair is everywhere. Major Minor, in charge of all the Klondike cops at Fort Frazzle, made a drastic announcement. We must call upon the one Klondike cop who always gets his mouth. Klondike Cat. It's been terrible, Klondike Cat. Savoir Fair has been stealing food everywhere. Don't you worry, Major Miner. When that little old mouse realizes that I, Klondike Cat, the world's greatest mouse trapper, am on his trail, he'll stay undercover for good. Bravo, Klondike. Now I think I'll really be able to enjoy this delicious steak. Uh, ste- I say, my steak is gone. And so's mine. And the pickles. And the catsup. Everything. Yeah, but who could have done it? <laughs> Savoir faire is everywhere.
information. It has become essential to us, continually enriching us. The primary source of information today, the internet. It's like electricity, ubiquitous, reliable, and radically simple to connect to. 3Com calls this datatricity. A key component of datatricity for the nerve center of the modern home is here. It's Audrey from 3Com, the first member of the Ergo family. This elegant breakthrough internet appliance will save time and shape how people stay up to date. Radically simple. <laughs>
mingles of innocence I sip the sparkling waters of thy peace From pools of inner silence, I sip the sparkling waters of thy The hardest compilation to hit the streets contains unreleased, deleted and exclusive 12-inch mixes by Sonic Experience, Undercover Movement, Fantasy UFO, Sound Clash, Noise Engineer, Tigers in Space and many others. 12 hardcore tracks for the true ravers, available as a double LP for a limited time only. Strictly Underground, THE Compilation.
any time is right time with a Pentel 67 that writes with the greatest of ease. Not an ordinary marker, it's Pentel's economy priced 67. Slim trim with durable nylon point. Writes fine, medium, or bold. Don't just ask for a marker, ask for Pentel 67. Only 29 cents everywhere. There is a world of difference by Pentel, makers of the famous sign pen. The Fisher Space Pen, it writes in space. The Fisher Space Pen, actually used by the astronauts on the Apollo flights. With the Fisher Space Pen, you can write continuously at any angle. Yes, it defies gravity. The sealed ink cartridge, pressurized by nitrogen gas, gives a positive ink feed to the ball, enabling the ink to flow uniformly without skipping, no matter how fast you write or in what position you hold your pen. Fisher Space Pens write three times longer than ordinary pens, and they write over grease, over fingerprints, and underwater. The Fisher Space Pen, engineered for astronauts, styled for executives. The Fisher Space Pen, it writes in space.
Hello, boys. Having fun? Did you hear what I heard? Sounded like a girl. Who said that? Where are you? Up here. Wow. Hello, baby. I've died and gone to heaven. Who are you, beautiful? I'm Safety Sue. And I'm going with you guys, if you don't mind. Well, my name's Duke, and I wouldn't mind at all if you came with me. I'm Gil, and I'd mind if you didn't come with us. How about you, soldier? What's your name? Bridges, come on. Wake up, boy. You don't want to miss this. It's okay, Bridges. We'll get to know each other better before the day's over. Come on, let's go to the pier. first. What for? We swim here all the time. Did you check the temperature of the water to see how cold it is? No, I didn't, but why should I? You could have drowned. I've seen him do that lots of times. It gets him used to the water quick. Yeah, well, it could get him dead quick, too. I want to show you guys something. Bridges, come over here and get into the water. Go ahead. Now, you guys watch what happens. Do you see that? What if the water had been over his head? He could have drowned from a sudden reflexive inhaling. That's not the only thing that can happen to you in cold water. When the water is under 68 degrees, it has a tendency to cool your body below the normal 98.6. Water that cold is pretty common. And in Germany, it's usually colder than that in the middle of the summer. It doesn't really matter what time of the year it is. Just because the sun is shining and the weather is warm doesn't mean the water is right for swimming. After a while, your body loses heat faster than it can produce it. The first sign is shivering and goosebumps, then sleepiness, severe cramps, poor muscle control, and difficulty in breathing. And if you're in deep water then, baby, you will probably drown. Gil? Would you do my back? Sure. I don't think all those things would happen to me, Sue. I'm the best swimmer in the company, and I stay in tip-top shape. Aha, uh -huh, that's a common misconception. It can happen to anyone, but you lean, trim guys are the most susceptible. You have less body fat to protect your body from the cold water. In fact, men have to be more careful than women. 
Did you know that women have 32% more body fat than men? Please, can I get out of the water now? Oh, Bridges, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for you to stay in that cold water. Come up here and let me help you get warm. Thank you, Safety Sue. The shivering and goosebumps are the body's danger signals that the water's too cold. It's telling you that it's time to get out of the water. Yeah, I sure got the body signals. Come on, you guys, get serious. I'm trying to help you, and you're missing the point. I've seen some pretty gruesome sights because people didn't know the danger of swimming in cold water. This one was an 18-year-old in Germany last summer who got careless for one brief second. Here's another 18-year-old who took a dare from his buddies in front of his girlfriend. They all watched him drown. You see what I mean? Yes, Sue, you're coming through. Yeah, thank you, safety, Sue. I really mean it. Me too, Sue. After that, I think I need a beer. How about you, Sue? I'll be glad to have one with you. You promise not to go swimming afterwards. Now, wait a minute. I've only had a couple, and it takes more than two or three beers for me to take chances in the water. I'm sure of that, Duke. But the alcohol in just one beer will speed up your body's heat loss process. With alcohol in your bloodstream, your body chills much faster than you realize. As a matter of fact, with that beer, swimming in that cold water, could cause your death in just minutes. I don't want to ruin your swim, but I don't want it spoiled by something far worse. I just want you to remember a few simple rules. Never dive into water without checking its depth and temperature. Your body is affected by the sudden shock of cold water. Get used to it gradually. Do not drink and then swim in cold water. It could be fatal. Remember, alcohol speeds up the loss of body heat in the water. Just one beer can be dangerous. Watch for the body's danger signals. These signals could save your life, for by this time, the body is losing heat faster than it's producing it. Now, do you remember what the body warnings are? Uh, goosebumps and shivering. And difficulty controlling breathing. And muscle cramps. And sleepiness. Oh, safety, Sue, I'm going into a coma. I think you guys have got it together now. I've got to go on. There are others who don't know what you know. So long. Keep those body temperatures up. Thank you, Safety Sue.
Wake up, wake up. Come on, Rob, wake up. Hello? 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 <laughs> Man is the measure of all things, you see. Some drink? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are the stuff that dreams are made of. The Freudians say a whole an entrance, an opening, in any dream is a direct reference to the vaginal intercourse experience. This certainly satisfies that realm and does something a bit more. A bit more. A bit more. Okay. Oh, wonder! How many goodly creatures are there here? How beauteous mankind is! Oh, brave new world that has such people in it. I, too, am dreaming and drowning in laughing leaves that soak the earth. I put the receiver to my ear. It is my own voice I hear. Hello? 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 Hello?
Rob, Hello? Come on. Hello? Come on. What? Come on. Hello? Hello? What? Rob, get class in 10 minutes. Come on. What? Come on. Get class. Halloween party? Economics in five minutes. Cadillac spread out.
feel the hand. Oh. 